0: oh hallelujah come on and give him praise just another minute could you the bible said he is great and greatly to be praised that means as great as he is and that's how we're supposed to praise him amen he's not a mediocre god isn't he praise god amen he's a god that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above anything. The Bible says anything. Amen. Anything that we ask, amen, or believe, God is able. Amen. And it doesn't end there. But it says according to the power that worketh in us. How about that? Amen. Brother Eli, you got the Holy Ghost then you've got the power of God on the inside of you. Amen. Does anybody else in here have the Holy Ghost? Praise God. Then you've got the power of God on the inside of you. The Bible said you need to stir up that gift that's on the inside of you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Many of us want God to be active in our lives. I want to tell you today that we need to be active in our praise and active in our worship, active in our glory, active in in all that we would do for the kingdom of God. Amen. And you know what you'll do? You'll activate God in your life. Praise the Lord. Amen. Today I give honor to all that are gathered at Praise Temple Apostolic Church, such a great presence of God in this place. You know, there's a difference between praise and worship. Amen. The Bible said, let everything that hath breath praise you, the Lord. There's no one that is not qualified in this house to praise God. Amen. Does it matter who you are? Does it matter how old or young or you are? Amen. If you have breath, you're qualified to praise the Lord. But those that worship Him, here comes the qualifications, must worship Him in spirit and in truth. There's something that you know when you get the Holy Ghost. Amen. When you receive the plan of salvation, God, Amen, He activates something in you that is powerful and real. Amen. And you are to become a worshiper in the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, it wouldn't hurt somebody to just shout hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. It's good to see Brother Kevin. I know that Brother Chris had made mention. We are so glad today, amen, that he is in the house of the Lord and having gone through back surgery, and we have been praying much for him. Amen. It's always a pleasure, amen, to have Brother Johnny with us today. And I give them honor today. And I'm telling you, I'm so thankful, amen, that God had his hand in Brother Johnny's life. Amen. That he spared him out of his goodness and in his, his mercy. Amen. Sister Penny and her husband. Amen. He had open heart surgery and praise the Lord. Two hours he was out of it and going home on Tuesday. So God was with him and we are so thankful today. Amen for that. And I praise God. There's a lot to give God thanks for. Amen. Brother Justin, Sister Katie Bell, we give you honor today. Amen. Glad to have you in the house of the Lord. Praise God. I told her this morning we had some friends whose name was Katie Bell. And I said, you know, that name kind of just goes with that. So, amen. I I, I don't mean to embarrass her, but I, I like that name. Praise God. Amen. God is good, isn't he? Yes he is, praise the Lord If you have your Bibles, I want to go to the Word of God today Praise God We're going to go to Luke, the 18th chapter Thank you, praise team, for such a beautiful, beautiful job this morning Amen, the worshipers, I give you honor today All of our guests Just feels good to be in the house of the Lord Amen, we're blessed today, aren't we? You know, when the church was birthed, they were in the upper room. They made their way from the upper room into the streets. And there you find reading the Word of God in the book of Acts. They, they went from house to house and they broke their bread. Amen. And then we find them again in Solomon's porch. And there they they praised and magnified the Lord. And they had... They had a time and had church in the temple. Amen. And I'm thankful today. And I don't believe that we are supposed to keep this between the four walls of the church. Amen. But I want to say today that we are so blessed to be able to gather in the house of God today. Amen. That we have freedom and and liberty today uh, to come and to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We're blessed beyond measure today. Praise God. Luke, the 18th chapter, beginning at the 18th verse, Luke 18 and 18. The Bible said, and a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why callest thou me good? None is good, save one, that is God. Now we find this conversation taking a different turn from what I would have supposed that it would have had. And then I want you to hear what Jesus begins to tell the rich young ruler and we find that written of in other uh, places in the Word. He said, Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and mother. And he said, All these have I kept them my youth up. Now, when Jesus heard these things, he said to him, Yea, yet lackest thou one thing, one thing. Sell all that thou hast and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. Come and follow me. And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. And when Jesus saw that he was very sorrowful, he said, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? For it is easier for a camel to go through the needle's eye than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And they that heard it said, Who then can be saved? And he said, These things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Thank God. Then Peter said, Lo, we have left all and followed thee. And he said unto them, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that is left house or parents or brethren or wife and children for the kingdom's sake, who shall not receive manifold more in this present time and in the world to come, life everlasting. I want to preach just on this topic, and it's on a sentence in the first verse that we read into our hearing. And it's this, a certain man asked him saying, good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? I want to preach on this topic today, what shall I do? Amen, what shall I do? Why don't you look at your neighbor and just shake their hand and ask him, do you know what it takes to be saved? Praise God. I think that's appropriate this morning. Oh, praise God. We've already prayed. We've already asked the blessing. Why don't we give the Lord a great hand clap in this place? (laughs) Praise God. Oh, thank you for the word. Lord, bless it today in Jesus' name. You can be seated today. Praise God. In the scripture we've read into our hearing this morning, it, it must be noted that there is a dispensational difference between this question that was asked in Luke 18 and then in Acts the second chapter because we find this very same question posed to the apostles. What shall I do? And it's important in understanding the difference between the answers in those two questions. Between these two portions of scripture, there was a whipping post and a judgment hall. There was a cross and a resurrection. Between the portion of scripture that we find written in Luke 18 and Acts, the second chapter, amen, Isaiah 53 was fulfilled. And that designated that in this portion a different answer from what you and I would suppose it to be. Now, I, I have heard some, amen, mainly of different denominations say, well, what about the thief on the cross? Well, he's no different than any of the others that Jesus saved walking in that time. That was a different dispensation of time. And there was yet a a cross of Calvary. There was yet, amen, a, a bleeding Savior that died on a hill called Mount Calvary. And there was yet to be a resurrection. We find written in Isaiah, this happened, who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him a tender plant as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness when we shall see him. There is no beauty that we should desire him. And I I feel today that we need to understand the cost that was paid for the sinful lives that that you and I lived. And I want to tell you today, I'm not here to entertain anyone. I'm here to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. You've got to know how far God went to, amen, to save you from an eternal hell. Amen. Who have believed our report, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, <clears throat> as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid our faces from him and he was despised and we esteemed him not. I want to tell the church, amen, there is no movie in Hollywood that can paint a bloody enough picture to you that you would understand what Jesus went through that you could be saved. Amen. The passion doesn't cover it. Let me tell us today, oh, if we could understand what Jesus went through, that you could come in the house of God today, amen, you would glorify Him to the top of your lungs, you would magnify, you would bless His holy name, because you would know of the price that was paid and the things that were done that you could be saved. Amen. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God. Amen. Some would say, well, he was smitten of men. He was smitten of God. Amen. The Bible goes on to say, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Let me tell you how bad God hates sin. He hates sin enough that he was manifest himself in the flesh, and then that flesh that he was manifested in, he bruised him completely because of his uh, 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 despising of sin. Amen. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Amen. Because of the death and the burial and resurrection of Jesus. Because of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. The fulfillment of the promise. Because of the death of the testator. The two questions, though the same in nature, what shall I do? Amen. Have completely different answers. They were living in a different time. Here in Luke 18, a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good Master... What shall I do to inherit eternal life? That seems like a just question, doesn't it? As a matter of fact, I believe today that that's the most important question that any of us could ask of God or the Word of God. What do I have to do to be saved? Amen. Most of us can rattle it off amen in a in a New York minute we can tell what it takes to be saved but I, I'm going to submit today that it takes more than that to be saved there takes a continuation in the Apostles doctrine there takes adding to our faith daily there, there takes a dying daily in our life amen there is a living for God amen we are to exit the world and enter the kingdom of God amen let me tell us today that when you come to an altar and you receive the Holy Ghost you haven't got your gratitude graduation certificate you've been given your birth certificate amen you you've been given entrance into the kingdom and today if we could understand amen the blessing of coming into the house of God when you were filled with the Holy Ghost you were a newborn baby speaking for the first time under the unction of the Spirit of God to speak in tongues a bunch more Yeah, that wasn't as popular as the first one was it oh you mean I got to do that oh yes you do amen that's a spiritual language between you and the Lord amen they have complete different answers what shall we do here in Luke 18 a certain ruler asked him saying good master what shall I do to inherit eternal life. Jesus said to him this. Why callest thou me good? Now if we're not careful we can look over this scripture. We can blow right over the top of it. Trying to find uh, uh, the, the needle in the haystack here. It, trying to find you know, that perfect word that would apply to our life. And I, I want to tell us today that many times we miss things that are in plain sight. Amen, we we need to understand this today. Amen, if we're not careful, we will pick and choose the word of God. And and we'll use it like a smorgasbord. And and, and we'll go and we'll say, you know, give me this or give me that. Amen, I I don't know about you, but we used to go to a, a cafeteria place in Memphis, Tennessee. And I used to eat lunch, Brother Johnson, Sister Cook, Brother Cook. Amen, Brother Wilson. We would gather up. We would meet for lunch, and we went to a, a place Sister Cook could call the name. I can't run off hand, amen. But we would go, and we would have dinner together in that that uh, that that lunchroom type place. And and I remember you would put things on a plate, and uh, everything was separate in separate containers and separate bins. And then when you got through, you waited it all. How about that? Amen. Some of you wouldn't like to have your food weighed, would you? You would come out guilty. Amen. You have been found weighed and found wanting. Amen. Because we've taken a little too much in our lives. But, amen, we would, and, and we would know that, that, you know, we would get a bigger bang for our buck if we took, you know, uh, uh, more lasagna than we did salad. Amen. You see what I'm saying? So we would watch on, on what we took in our plate. And, and let me tell us today that if we're not careful, I use this term a lot, that we will become professional Pentecost amen and, and and we'll take those scriptures that we so glean as apostolic and we'll apply them to our lives and you know this measures out and this meets my belief system and 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 this works in here and this works in there amen I'm going to take that scripture that may scuff me a little bit and scrape me a little bit and uh, that, that that scripture that may afflict me some amen because I, I, I feel like I don't need it and I've got acts 2 and 38 in the back and I've got all of that understood. Let me tell us today, we need the book, the whole book and nothing but the book. We need the truth of the word of God, every bit of it. Amen. God went to great lengths. To have it written that you and I could understand it. And today we've got the word of God on the inside of us. And today we need to know that sometimes the word of God applied to our life. Amen. It's not an always pleasant thing that sometimes... Amen. That that word of God comes out sometimes as a spiritual spanking and, and then other times it comes out and God is patting us on the back and he's saying job well done. So we need to know today that whatever God has to tell me today, I've got to be receiving of that word of God. Amen. Listen, I want to tell us today when they sat down and they had the meal in the Passover meal, not only did they eat the lamb, but they ate the bitter herbs to go along with it. And I want to tell you today, that the Word of God not only is it sweet like honey under the tongue, but also I find it bitter at times. That when I measure myself, oh my preacher, I feel like preaching today. When I measure myself against the Word, I, I find out that I, I come up short. So, what do I got to do? I've got to say, Preacher, preach to me the Word of God and let it minister to me and let it change me into what it needs to do. My uh, uh, sister Jenny and brother Johnny, if I could tell this, I went over to their house and and she pulled out the report. That was the report of brother Johnny's surgery. Is that all right, brother Johnny? Can I can I make mention of that? Would that be all right? Amen. She began to read this report, this miracle report. Amen. That that uh, just a few minutes after taken upon a table. Amen. He went into cardiac arrest and the heart quit. Amen. And for a multiple of minutes, there was nothing going on. Amen, brother. Uh, brother Tim would understand more about this than a lot of us would. I know there's some other nurses and whatnot in here, but uh, they they, they begin to work on him and they they begin to do things. And and the surgeon later told us they had to do everything backwards because of the way that it fell and the things that transpired. They had to work in that. In that area. And then, amen, in the process of that, amen, they they began to do CPR. And I remember I went through a training program with Brother Tim, amen, that taught us how to do CPR. And he told us in in that process, he said, now, you're going to hear most times, he said, you're going to hear bones popping. He said, and that is the breaking of the ribs that happens in the process of that. And I thought, how in the world are we being saved through the process of that? Amen. But, but there has to be enough pressure applied to the heart. Amen. That the heart would continue to pump. Amen. And then they went to that report. And they, we began to understand some things that were transpiring there in the operation room. And, and, and Sister Jenny told me, she said, when we went back for an, for an appointment and they did a, uh, an x-ray, she said if you look on the back of the sternum, she said it splintered and tore apart and even in the process of that, that it poked holes in the heart while they were trying to pound life into it. Let me tell you something. Hey Amen. We got a reason today to rejoice. We got a reason today to shout because we're in the house of God. How many of us... How many of us did God pound on our heart trying to bring us back to life? Oh, when we were dead in our flesh, God reached out and he began to push and it hurt and it wounded us. But oh God, it saved us. If you ever get to the point in your life that you cannot take the word of God, you're, in, oh, you're missing out on what God wants to do. when we say oh that hurts me let me tell you sometimes we got to be hurt to be helped I found written in this word of God where it tells us in, uh, in another gospel that this was a rich young ruler I mean I have fought always as this rich young ruler as a sincerely good man as a man that just had some things mixed up and Some priorities that were wrong and some things that needed to be fixed. But there's much more to the story here, amen, than is told or or seems to be told in the beginning. A certain ruler asked him saying, good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? I've got to be saved. I want everyone to know today that if you live your life in church, and, and, and these are good things that we need to do. If you live your life in church, if you, if you worship around the front, if you give in, in the things of God, if you, if you do all of those things, but you miss heaven, and that's a possibility. Amen. Because knowing God here, amen, are a little, uh, are, are a little deeper than understanding God. Uh, for one thing, we'll never fully understand God. Amen. But I can fully know him in as much as I'm able to know him. Amen. So Jesus begins to answer this man in a way that seems odd. He said, why callest thou me good? Why are you calling me good? And that led me to begin to investigate why would the young man come to him for compliments and things that he was fully aware of. Amen. John 1 tells us in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God. And the Word was God and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Amen. And, and what happened? Amen. We beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Amen. So in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So I want us to understand today that when the rich young ruler went amen to Jesus Christ amen he was standing literally before the word of God. He was looking at the word manifest in the flesh. And now we find him saying, Good master, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? And the word began to answer him something. Jesus knew the thoughts and the intent of the certain ruler before he ever spoke a word. Amen. Why? Because the word is a discerner of the thoughts and the intent of men's heart. Let me say today, you can fool the preacher. You can fool your neighbor. You can fool your friends. You can fool your Facebook buddies. But you'll never fool God. Amen. You'll you'll never fool him. And uh, so we need to understand that he is truth manifest. He was truth incarnate. So Jesus knew the thoughts and the intent of the certain ruler before he ever spoke a word. Church, God knows our hearts and, and I've said this many, many times, but it bears saying again. Some will say, well, God knows my heart. Amen. And they will mean that in a good tone. But let me, let me warn you today. God does know your heart. God does know your heart. He knows where you stand. He, he, he knows, amen, in your repentance time. He knows about your prayer time. He knows about your consecration time. He knows whether you really love him or you just say you love him. You know, Right. He knows whether you're really worshiping, amen, or you're just worshiping a tune or worshiping, amen, the, the songs and worshiping with everybody else. Listen, if you're going to worship him, you've got to worship him in spirit and in truth, amen. And Jesus looked at the certain ruler having discerned his spirit and he said this, Why callest thou me good? None is good save one that is God. This young man came to Jesus standing on his own perceived point of moral high ground. And his attitude of moral superiority... There is none that doeth good. Jesus immediately began to discern and quote the scripture from Psalms 14 and minister to the man that looked the part, acted the part, dressed the part, lived the part. And Jesus began to speak unto him. How did Jesus answer? We find him always answering in the spirit by the word of God. Let me tell us today, the Word of God is the weight and measure of our spiritual life. Amen. How do we measure up to the Word? Not according to how we feel. Not according to what we discern. Not according to what we may think. But how do I measure up to the Word of God? Amen. This man approached Jesus amen, with a moral uh, argument to him. Lord, what do I do to inherit eternal life? Well, the man was living for God according to the law. Why would he ask Jesus, what do I got to do? And Jesus began to discern it and recognize it in him. And he began to answer him. Amen. Jesus being manifest, the manifest word of God immediately began to discern and quote scripture. Where did he quote from? Psalms 14. There is none that doeth good. They are all gone aside. They are altogether become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Let me tell us something today. At the foot of the cross, there is no moral high ground. Amen. There's no moral superiority in the presence of Jesus. Today, if we could understand that when we would claim moral high ground today... Amen, when we think that we, we have done enough, when we think that we have, and, and it, it dwells in our flesh, and I'm going to get into this, when we, we think that we have applied ourselves enough, when we think that our virtue is going to get us there, let me tell you today, at the foot of the cross, every one of us are equal. Every, every, every one of us. Amen. Let me, let me give us a biblical truth this morning. Second Corinthians 4 and 7 says this, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency and the power may be of God and not us. Amen. What am I telling us today? I contain the Holy Ghost. Amen. But the container of the Holy Ghost is a flawed old fleshly vessel. Amen. That that is rotten in the flesh to its very core. Now I know that to some that may seem revolting. But the fact of the matter is this, today if we could understand how much more so does that show the glory of God Amen. That we would pick ourselves up, that we would live for God, that we would press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Jesus Christ. Amen. When we would look at the man and say, What a great man. Amen. We find in the Word of God that man is rotten, man is filthy, man is corrupt. Amen. And if there's any good in the man, it is because God is placed in the man, the Holy Ghost. And now I've got something in me that is far superior than my myself I've got something far better than old Philip Cook I've got the Holy Ghost on the inside of me let me take this a little bit further Romans 7 amen the Holy Ghost filled Apostle Paul states this for we know that the law is spiritual but I am carnal sold under sin Oh, Holy Ghost filled Paul. He begins to tell, Amen, everybody in the church, Amen, I I'm dealing with carnality. In my life, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. Well, if I was Apostle Paul, I wouldn't have said that. Amen. some of us would have taken that same attitude. But Paul is trying to teach the church about the, the spiritual and the carnal nature of man. Because inside of us dwells two natures. Is that understood inside every one of us? We have two natures that we struggle with. And, uh, uh, you know, I heard Brother Sis say some time ago, amen, that the one that shows the most is the one that is fed the most. Amen. So I, I deal with another nature. Now, the good thing is this. There is a man by the name of Christ Jesus that also had two natures with him and there was a spiritual Christ Jesus, and there was the carnal nature of the flesh, amen, that he never yielded to, not once. And the, the power of God that dwelled on the inside of the man, and then held the man in the place that he needed to be, which gives me an aspiration. And it lets me know that I don't have to be carnal. I don't have to live after carnal thoughts and carnal desires. I don't have to do all that. Why? Because my, amen, my Savior, whose name is Jesus, paid the price on Mount Calvary that I could rise above. Why? Because I've got a supreme example. Amen. Let me tell us today, you will never justify sin in your life by a failure above you. You've got to justify yourself before God comparing yourself to Jesus. Oh, if you could grasp hold of this today, if you could could get hold of it today. I mean, do I measure up to him? Not do I measure up to Brother Gook. Not do I measure up to Brother Ronnie. Not do I measure up to Brother Moore. Not do I measure up to Brother Joan. But do I measure up to Jesus? For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. And then he goes on to say this, and this needs to be understood. I've been covering Romans, but it needs to be covered always. For those things that I need to do, I do not. But what I hate to do, what I hate to do, what I hate to do, he said, that I do. Holy Ghost filled Apostle Paul. He said, For I know in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. We are finding according to the word of God manifest here in Romans, the seventh chapter, going back to Psalms, the same scripture that Jesus spoke of. He said, For I know that in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present within me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. Maybe I'm preaching to me today. I find there's something going on in me and I'm trying to live for God but I'm finding in the areas that I've set in my mind that I, I'm going to straighten me up and I, I'm going to act right and I'm going to fly right and I'm going to spit white right and I'm going to get it all right. I find that in my struggle of life something is tugging at me. Something is pulling at me. Something is wrecking me. Something is causing me Failure. that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing for to will is present within me but how to perform that which is good I find not he said for I delight in the law of God after the inward man he said but I see another law in my members warring warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sinful death and then he goes on to say this O wretched man that I am who shall deliver me Who shall deliver me of this old body of death? I believe today that Paul was speaking of his carnal flesh when he said that. Who shall deliver me of this old wretched body of death? Oh, today if you could understand. That we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Today if we could understand the dual nature in which you dwell. Today if we could understand the sin nature of your flesh. I'm not condoning sin today. Don't take me as that. But I'm trying to tell us today of the struggle that goes on the inside of us. Amen. And part of the problem is this. There are some of us amen, that think we don't go through the struggle. Come on, come on, come on. Amen, this young man was claiming moral high ground. He said, I've got all this right. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Right. Amen. Hear me today. Let me go a little bit further. 1 John 1 says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Right. Right. Uh oh. Oh, but I'm apostolic and I've got this down and I live for God and I dress the part and I act the part and I walk the part and I live the part yes you do amen but you got old sinful flesh Oh my, you got old sinful flesh in you and when you walk out of here I'm telling you that sinful flesh is revealed in your morning on your bad days on your incomplete days on your sorry days on your angry days on your hurtful days on all of the days and let me explain something right now Amen, there is no one sin that is not just as bad as another sin If we say we have no sin. Brother DJ, we lie. That's what the Bible says. If I say I don't sin, I'm made a liar. We deceive ourselves. Did you know self-deception is one of the worst things that you could ever have in your life? Amen. Because you think, amen, many times that I'm here and everybody else is down there. But today I want us to understand, amen, that in the presence of God, every one of us are equals. Every one of us are sinful flesh. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. And until we get that down pat, you will never understand humanity you'll never understand living for God to the full potential that you can be because I want to tell you today that we as apostolics many times can look at people in a condescending tone and try to measure out their spiritual life and figure out whether they're really living for God or not. And let me tell us this today. In your act or in your desire to do that, let me remind you there is none that doeth good, no, not one. we say we have no sin we deceive ourselves we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us if we confess our sins how about that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from our unrighteousness if we say we have not sinned we make him a liar And his word, how about this, is not in us. Amen. Well, I live above sin. No, you don't. Now, we strive to live above sin, but let me tell you, there's not an individual in this place that doesn't have a mistake occasionally. Amen. Amen. Well, my mistake is just once a week. (laughs) My mistake is just twice a week. Your life is full of mistakes. Is this okay this morning? I'm preaching today more to the church. He said, if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. In other words, we become the spirit of him, amen, that is evil and rotten and wrong. Who is the devil? He's the liar. The Bible said he's the father of lies. And when we begin to deceive ourselves, amen, we actually take measure with the father of lies because now we've agreed with a lie that's alive in us. Let, let, me, let me take this a little bit further. I, I hope we're, we're teaching this morning. Amen. John, the eighth chapter. Amen. If, if my medium man would pull that up. John, the eighth chapter. Maybe I can keep him on his toes this morning. Make him wake up up there. He may not even be there. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, he's there. All right. Who is that up there? Brother Eric? Brother Justin? All right. Brother Justin, hang with me. John, listen to this. John chapter 8 verse 1. Jesus went into the Mount of Olives and early in the morning he came again into the temple and all the people came unto him and sat down and he taught them. And then the scribes and the, and the Pharisees, they brought unto him a woman taken in adultery when they had set her in the midst. And they said unto him, how about this? Does this sound familiar? Good master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses, now Moses, in the law. He said, now Moses, in the law, commanded that such should be, should be stoned. But what sayest thou? I want you to see the next words. This they said, tempting him that they might that they might have to accuse him. These men didn't love the law. they didn't love the word, they didn't love the son. They sure didn't love the woman. They loved their own righteousness. Is that understood? They were in love. From the top of their head to the bottom of their own feet, they were in love with their own righteousness. Now, I want to tell us today that if we're not careful, I'm not saying we are, but I'm saying if we're not careful, we can fall in love with our own righteousness. Do we preach and teach standards of holiness? Yes, we do. But we must be careful that we do not become legalistic in the application of the standards of holiness that we understand that holy only comes from God. Is is that understood? Amen. They said, Master, tell us. This, they said, tempting him that they might have ought to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down. The word, Brother Kevin, manifest in the flesh that discerned the hearts of men, knew where they were going. Come on. Let's kill him. Let's kill her. Let's kill the individual. How about that? Let's wipe them out. That's what the law says. Jesus began to stoop down and write in the dirt. Now, let me tell us today, I wonder if, if, if Jesus were to write in, uh, in the dirt Amen, the sins in our heart and the sins in our soul and the sins, amen, that have crossed here that haven't been uh, uh, fully gotten rid of in in the attitudes and the actions of life and lifestyle. Amen, and all of the things. You know, somebody put it like this one time. They said, I'm so glad that our thoughts don't appear in bubbles above our heads. The way they do in a comic book... Amen. sometimes I wish they would because then we would know the true nature of our own self. Where do I stand with God? Well, it'll show, you know, right up here. I can walk down the street. I can examine. I can really get a good look at it. But I, I find then Jesus began to stoop down and he began to write in the dirt, amen, of these men's lives. And that's really what was happening. Let me tell us today, there was a man, a man that, whose name was Nathan, and, 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 and he came to David with adultery in his life. And, and then he told a story, and he explained what it, what it was. And, and David said, as the Lord liveth, Come on now. Yeah. this man, we're going to kill him. Right. And then old Nathan began to point his little finger and ride in the dirt of David's life, and then he said... Thou art the man. Well, the story changed then. Everything was flipped upside down and inside out. And that's what Jesus was doing with these men here in this, in, in this story. This they said, tempting him that they might accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his fingers wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted himself and said unto them, He that is without a sin among you, let him cast the first stone. I want us to see today that if we're not careful in our stone throwing. We'll throw stones at our own self. Somebody said it like this. Be careful throwing stones when you live in a glass house. Why? Because those that we throw our stones at, amen, will tear apart whoever that we are. Amen. Let me me tell us this today. This certain ruler tried to approach Jesus, and the word was made flesh. Amen. He was trying to play gotcha. With Jesus. That's what the rich young ruler was trying to do. He was trying to do the same thing that, the, that, that these men that brought the adulteress before him. They were trying to play gotcha. Amen. Because he felt himself blameless in the law. And I can prove it. He knew the word concerning the law of salvation. He understood it to the fullest extent. Jesus told him, "Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and mother." And He said, "All these things I've kept from my youth up. I got it down pat. Any of us ever felt that way? Oh, come on now. Amen. Now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, "Thou lackest." One thing. But I've got it all down pat. I've got everything. I've got it all in place. I've got all of this. I've got it. I've drawn my circle around it. And I've got a lock and a key. And I've obeyed the scripture. And I've lived this way. I want us to see today. Amen. Jesus said this to the man. Thou lackest one thing. One thing. Some would say. Amen. That couldn't happen to me. Church. I want you to hear this pastor. It doesn't take a lot to be lost. Amen. Brother Mason, it doesn't take very much at all to be lost. Amen. For Adam and Eve, it was just one bite of a piece of fruit. For Esau, he despised his birthright and sold it for a bowl of pottage. For Samson, it was Delilah. For the man of God, it was rest and a meal. For, for King Saul, it was disobedience to God's instruction through Samuel. For King Uzziah, he stepped in the priest's place and was smitten with leprosy. For Achan, it was a wedge of gold and a Babylonian garment. For Korah, it was rebellion against God's representative. For Demas, he loved this present world. And for this certain ruler, it was money. doesn't take much. Jesus, the discerner of hearts, said this, Thou lacketh one thing. I want you to see what Jesus required when he understood the self-righteousness that dwelled in the man. In order for the man to be fixed, something had to be ripped from his life. You you, You would think, surely not, because even today, and that right there ought to, ought to gauge the Christian character of us us all. He said, go and sell everything you possess. Well, that's hard. I want everyone to understand that's what was needed in that young man's life in order for him to be saved. Does anybody in here want to give up everything you own? Sell it and give it to the work of God? Amen, let me tell us today, God is not asking us to do that today. But he is asking for a full commitment unto him. Amen, you've got to be willing to do whatever it takes. And evidently, God saw in this individual, amen, a self-righteous attitude that dwelled with the law and his riches. The law he needed, his riches he didn't. So when God addressed this man, he said, i tell you what, let's do. He said, you go and sell all that you have. And he said, let's give it to the kingdom. Come thou and follow me. Amen. This this rich young ruler, the Bible said, and when he heard this, he was very sorrowful for he was very rich. This rich young ruler, he forfeited eternity because of temporary things. Because of things you could buy and sell. Because of things that you could possess. Some would say, I have no money problem. I I, I don't, don't perceive money to be my problem. Then I would ask today, then what's that one thing? What's stopping you from the kingdom of God? What is stopping you from an altar? What is stopping you from a place or purpose in the kingdom of God? Amen. What worldly treasures do you own? That need to be forfeited to have a relationship with God. All right. Amen. Makes us think doesn't it. Makes us consider. Amen. Well, what is it that, that, that you would. I, I've heard people say this before. With, uh, with habits. They'll say you know. I, I, I would serve God. But 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 these this whole habit. I, I just I can't give it up. I can't give it up. I, I won't give it up. Let me tell us today. Amen. Is it worth eternal life? Amen. Well, I, I, I don't have the time. Well, let me tell us all, one day you're going to have all the time in the world. Amen. You're going to have all the time that is needed and necessary. Amen. And, and it, today, if we could understand the trade that we would be making for the kingdom of God. And, and I want us to understand that if we haven't given our life fully to God, there's always something to trade. There's always something to be diminished in our life because something reigns supreme that would keep us away from Christ Jesus. So my question today to the congregation is this. What thing is it that you possess? What area is it that keeps you away from Christ? What what thing would you trade for eternity? What activity? What relationship? Would you trade to be saved? Amen. I how many know today that eternal life is priceless? Man, the Bible said, what would you give for your own soul? What is your soul worth today? Today, if we could understand that Jesus was telling this man, you've got to make heaven your priority. You've got to make sure that in your life and in your lifestyle, I mean, that everything weighs out and measures right. Wouldn't it be a shame to live our life and find out that we have missed something that would keep us from heaven? How terrible would it be to realize that in my life that I have preached the word of God and preached... Uh, 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 under salvation and people have been saved and prayed for the sick and by God had them recover and, and baptized some that have made it to heaven I believe <coughs> only to, to come to an understanding that I have missed something in God today I believe brother Danny that every one of us need to come to a place in our life that we weigh and measure the things of our life amen we, we, we want to stand today on legalism and the moral high ground. We, we, we want to stand, amen, finger pointing. We want to stand, amen, in our place of self-righteousness. But I want you to know Jesus turned it right back on the rich young ruler and he said, what about you? What are you going to do with those things that drag you down? What are you going to do with those things? What is your one thing and what is that one thing worth? Stand with me today. What must I do to be saved? That's what the rich young ruler said. What must I do? What do I have to do to be saved above anything else? Tell me today what it takes to be saved. Let me tell us this today. Above anything else in this world, I've got to be saved. I've got to be saved. And let me tell us this today. Many times we're worried about somebody else's salvation when we need to be worried about our own. Amen. Where do I stand with Christ? What have I put in the way? What do I do? What have I kept from Him? What is it that I haven't completely given Him? Amen. what does it take for me to be saved we're all familiar with Acts 2 after Peter preached Jesus he said therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom you have crucified both Lord and Christ church I I want us to understand something today that you and I are as guilty of crucifying Jesus as these men were in these days I I had to be saved therefore Christ gave his life Jesus looked at these or Peter looked at these people and he said, No, this assuredly this same Jesus, you took him and you crucified him. And then they asked this question. The Bible said they were pricked in their heart, and they said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, What shall we do to be saved? What do I have to do to be saved? Church, I want you to know most assuredly that Acts 2 and 38 is a necessity in our lives. You've got to repent of your sins. The Bible said that he's called all men everywhere to repent. And then he said, be baptized every one of you. Every one of you. Well, I just don't see the need. Well, the word does. Every one of you. And then he said, And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Do I stop there? No, I don't. No, I don't. The Bible said, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and the breaking of bread. Amen. Today, I want you to know that there's a continuation of living for God. Listen, God. Listen, church. God is drawing us closer. I believe with everything that I have that Jesus is coming soon. Amen. Everybody that I'm having conversations with today, I'm telling them all, Jesus is coming. You better get ready. You better get ready. You better get ready. But let me tell the church this, that if there's something in your life and lifestyle that needs to go, you need to get it out. Quit looking at others and start looking at your own life. Start examining where you are and who you are and what attitude you're living with, and how do you stand with God today? Could we just lift our hands now and just love Him?